What up, dude? Pocket. Pocket. Like pockets? Mm, no. So there's this app. I So you send me articles. People send me articles. I prefer to take stuff in through audio. And so there's this app called Pocket, spelled P-O-C-K-E-T. Uh-huh. So when people send me articles, I send them to Pocket. So Pocket's real nice because you can just save stuff that people sent you. And you can go back to it later. It's like a oh nice repository. God. And it reads it to you. And that's a thing they added probably like a year, year and a half ago. So there's an audio mode. So I can just be like, oh, I'm washing dishes. What are those articles that somebody sent me? I want to listen to it. And it, it tells you how long the listen is, like eight minute, nine minute. Does it have different voices, like a Sean Connery voice or a Liam Neeson voice or something? Nah, it's a, it's a pretty robotic voice that reads it this sounds pretty awesome because there's nothing worse in my opinion than having like 95 web browser pages open in safari because you're saving that article for a year and a half that you haven't read yet if i was making a commercial for pocket i'm pretty sure that's what i would say <laughs> like, and let's disclaimer this is not not a commercial for pocket like yeah if you want to pay us we're happy to pay happy. Or we'll collect it but boy they have plugins so i got a plugin for chrome and for edge so that when you're on those websites you can just and if you have one that you want to read but it's really long but instead you want to listen to it this one is happening i'm gonna download this this weekend got him yes got him welcome back to the more in common podcast i am keith with my co-host rodney rodney what's going on today man what up man as you know i like to talk about compassion at the top of these and a reminder that we just got is that people have bad days like you yourself have bad days so we can be nice and we can share love and it, it really it honestly doesn't cost a lot and it doesn't mean that we are supporting that person's political views it, it just means that we're just you know what you had a bad day i can be nice so we have this this conversation with sydney lauren coming up here for the listeners in a moment what'd you take out of it what should they start listening for goodness i love her tip on conversations and just the exploration of not saying what you mean or saying what you mean or saying something you don't mean and taking a step. I have a weird energy today and I just really love the free flow dialogue that we have. But my favorite thing about this conversation is talking about putting things out into the world that mean something to you that just being yourself and the way she accesses herself through her music and all that stuff. And I think, I think she's a really good example of, of what's possible and what it looks like. But yeah, why should someone listen? There's a really calm confidence and certainty that she has that has not come off as overbearing. And for me, I really enjoy just listening to her talk about the thing that she loves doing and the way she talks about it and the way she answers questions and she doesn't have to doubt and second guess. It's not, It's for me, it's refreshing to hear somebody that just loves what they do and they, they've always been connected to it and they're doing it. And it doesn't have to be like this story of overcoming all this pain and grief about it. It's just like, yeah, I'm doing my parents supporting me and my teachers and coaches and I'm getting better and I've, I've gotten to expand my skill set through it. So just a big hearted 
hopelessly romantic view on things. It was just a fun, good conversation. Yeah. You can also find her and all things her. We'll just give you her website at sydneylauren.com and that'll be in the show notes. Check out her music. You can follow her on TikTok, Instagram, and you can access all that through her website and you can listen to her anywhere. And you can find us at moreincommonent.com. You'll get there and you'll be like, what's this? There's two things. We got a podcast, we got consulting. We do. Click on them. You can learn. Check them out. Check us out. Hit us up. And leave us a like on your favorite podcast application player. Leave us a comment. Share us. Email us around. Tell your friends about us. Because at the end of the day, as Rodney likes to remind me that we hear a lot. I want more good news in my feed. I want more good stuff. Well, if you think we're good stuff, then liking us, sharing us, leaving us a comment helps us boost us in that algorithm and we can get more ears and us into more feeds. So yeah, we'll leave you with this amazing conversation with Sydney Lauren. I'm pretty outspoken. I, I don't consider myself someone who just talks to talk, but I also don't hold back. Like I'm brutally honest and I don't hold back when I have something to say. So I think I'm pretty good at like putting the filter on and knowing like the timing, but there are just the times where you're feeling so amped up about something that like you just can't help yourself in the moment. It's almost like in those times you like you black out, right? Like you get on stage and you perform and you black out because the adrenaline and it's just like, I couldn't help myself. I, I couldn't help but say it. So I'm, I try to work on it. And sometimes that's me being authentic, right? If it just comes through. Today, we are with singer-songwriter Sydney Lauren. Sydney tells stories through her songs. She grew up singing and writing music just outside of New York City, the place she now calls home. The city serves as her inspiration, as well as her stomping grounds, and she has performed in New York City venues like the Delancey and the Bitter End. Sydney's training in piano, guitar, and songwriting are clearly reflected in her songs, which take inspiration from some of her favorite artists, including J.P. Sachs, Sarah Bareilles, Ingrid Andrus, and more. Her music has been featured on Temptation Island and The Biggest Loser on USA Network. Sydney's new era of music represents a chapter in her life lyrically and her authentic vision sonically. She dives into the emotions that occur during heartbreak and that simplistic happiness that can come with love. New York City will always play an important role in her music, whether it's a street she references or the subway home. She's a storyteller at heart and hopes to sing words you were thinking but didn't know you how to say. Sydney, welcome to the show. Thanks for you? having me. What up? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, we're excited to have you. Thanks for asking. Yeah. <laughs> but how yeah, are you, really? Refreshing. Really tired. It's been a weird it's morning. Been, it's been a hard yeah. week, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I'm happy to be here, too. It's, it's one of those, I don't know if you ever do this with your music but there are just some days you're just i don't want to do it and then you get into it and you're just like oh i'm glad i'm here oh yeah that's how the day has gone 
and now I'm glad I'm here. So well, I'm glad you're here too. It'll be a good good way to to close out a week. I feel like that's like one of those indicators to let me know that I'm doing the right thing. I would agree. Like, I hate the world. I don't want to. And then I start. And then this conversation started. And I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can get into this. I'll be honest, like we're in this space of re-envisioning the the podcast and what it's going to be and how it's going to look. So we're executing every interview a little bit differently. They'll all start the same and we'll get there. But I'm in one of those spaces where I don't know what's going to happen right now. And normally I have a pretty good sense of things. So maybe this is this is what happens with the more in common future. I I doubt it. I, I doubt it. But so we do always start off with uh, one of the rapid fire questions. Since we are all about anchoring humanity and compassionate conversation, navigating the space of tension is one of the things that I think everybody has a hard time with. Everybody has a way that they try to do it. And I think more often than not, we all fail. I can say I fail in many times a day, especially with those who I'm closest to. And your tip is unique, one we haven't received before, and I want to tie them together. So speak from the heart and know when to walk away if it's not going to come out accurately. So you're, you're heightened. One of your other answers was like peace in this country is something you're interested in right now. There's a lot of tension. You live in New York, pretty high energy, a lot of tension. How do you balance and notice that in the moments when you're maybe triggered to speak from your heart or decide to walk away because those two things don't always agree with your ego at the same time. It can be really hard because I'm a very passionate person. I'm either at zero or a hundred. And I think with what has been going on in this country in the last like six years, let's say, There just have been a lot of things that I'm so angry about something and I'm so passionate that like sometimes you just can't help but let it out. I went to a high school where they taught and it's called the Harkness Method. And so every single classroom, including science and math, you sit at this oval table and entire class is really a discussion. The teacher is there. The teacher guides you. They teach you, obviously, but they do kind of take a back seat that I didn't really see in the school that I had gone to previous to that school. And it was just amazing how you can sit there and you learn to play devil's advocate. You learn to see the other side of the argument, but then you can get up and leave the classroom and you're talking to your friend that you were just arguing with about about sports or the weather or whatever. And that is something I try to like keep with me as I get older, because I think that we just were like, nope, my idea is right. And I can't understand the other side of the argument and that's it. And they're wrong and I hate them. So I do think that it it takes like, you need to go with what's important to you, but also there are times where, okay, let's understand what this person thinks and why, and maybe we can come together and meet in the middle. Hmm. Well, Okay. I mean, that's like our thing. That's like our jam. So <laughs> that, that I, I guess you answered all the questions then. There was a part you added on your answer. You said, uh, if it's going to get you in trouble, maybe walk away. What does trouble mean to you? 
I think maybe if you're going to say something that you don't mean, right? So like something happens and you're really angry about it and and we're always told like, oh, sleep on it. You know, you might change your mind or you might feel a different way. I think that sometimes in the heat of the moment and when you're so passionate about something that's like very polarizing, you can say something that you don't mean. And so sometimes it's like, okay, just take a deep breath, walk away come back and maybe maybe you'll still say what you want to say just in a different way. Can we dig on that? This has been coming up a lot. I've been hearing this a lot and I shouldn't say it's been coming up a lot. Things I've paid attention to. Saying something you don't mean. And this is a question to both of you. I'd love to get your take on it. A lot of people nowadays argue that if you say it, you mean it somewhere deep down inside that it is a reflection of some truth or honesty inside of you. What do you think about that? I have thoughts, but I'm going to reserve mine for the moment. I think that you can jumble your words, you know? And I think that sometimes we're very quick to say something, say what we mean, and then we realize that we we just meant to say it in a different way because we were thinking too fast. So I don't think that it, you know, it's kind of like, drunk words or sober thoughts. I don't think it's, I don't think it's like that. Yeah. I think it's one of those, like sometimes I don't, I don't think it's in, in always on or always off thing. I think it can be the case. So I heard somebody just two days ago say like the, the way they decide if they're going to say something is like, if I repeated this 99 times, would I still say the same thing? And I think when I'm pissed, I will say things to sometimes purposefully hurt people and when i'm not pissed and like i'm just having regular conversation i will say things that sometimes hurt people like it it's not it's not like and they may or may not be things that i meant to do or meant to say i think it's possible to say something that is not well vetted by my brain so i just said it and like and if I thought about it for 30 minutes later, I'd be like, yeah, no, I, I don't actually believe any of that. I don't, why the hell did I just say that? Like, I, I've had that happen many a times. I've had it happen in podcast conversations where I go back. I'm like, what? what? Where did that come from? <laughs> so I think it's possible to say things that I don't mean. I think my goal is to live in a space where I say what I mean 100% of the time. I don't know if it's possible because the way the subconscious works, but Keith, what about you? Um, I think something that came up in the way you said that is, is what does meaning mean, right? Like, what does it mean to say what you mean? Did I mean to say it? That means the words just came out of my mouth and I didn't actually intend to say the words that came out of my mouth, or did I actually mean the words that came out of my mouth? And I think... The argument that a lot of people, I would say the argument that's culturally acceptable is that what you say is something that you in, not intend to say, but mean it. So you might not have meant to say it, but you mean it. And I disagree. I think certainly there can be some underlying sentiments. So let's parse that for a second. You say like when somebody says you, you said it, so you mean it. As in, it's a well-formed thought somewhere in your brain. It's a meaningful intent. Like, this is how I feel sentiment versus 
these words just came out of my mouth and I really didn't mean to say them. Right. Like some, you know, my wife is a great example of a, a vocal thinker, right? If it's in her mind, it's in her mouth. And sometimes she just might not mean to vocalize it, but it just happens. <laughs> and so, but then again, you know, I, we all have thoughts, things pop into our head. And if we're angry and we're in this myopic viewpoint of the world in the moment, cause we're triggered, like, and a thought pops into your head and you say it, that doesn't mean like, I think you put it very well, Rodney. I didn't vet it. Like I haven't explored how I feel about it in my body and am I emotional about it. It's just these words just came to my mind and I said them. And that's what I love about Sydney. You're a lot of people, it's hard to walk away. And when we're in that moment, we're just, let's walk away, take a breath. And let's make sure, like, it's it's almost like it's accepting a storm off. If someone storms off, we should be more accepting of it. Like, good. Like, this is good. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Because <laughs> Take a moment. <laughs> yeah. Go take a moment. Go. It's go storm off. Go be mad at me for a while. Storm. Right. Like, maybe yeah. the words that come out of my mouth, you take it. I mean it one way, but because of the words I used or how I said it, you took it a different way. And it's maybe not what I thought I meant, but it just not happened. what I meant. It's what you heard. So now let's let's bridge that gap and let's spend some time doing it. Yeah, conversation. I mean, human dynamic is tough. We make a lot of assumptions and we do a lot of mean things to each other. I'll add one more wrinkle because I asked about trouble because, like, in the world in my past where I always wanted to be right, there were a lot of times where I would say things. Because I was like, I'm right. And it would get me in trouble. And then as I started to figure that out, it's like, oh, okay, well, like, just because I might be right in this situation doesn't mean that I actually need to share it because it might make that person feel like shit, especially the way I say it. But like, in general, like, it just may not need to be said at all. And so I I like how you said, like, if it's going to get you in trouble, like, maybe just walk away. Like, you can just hold on to that little nugget of truth and just go about your day, dude. Now, how successful have you been at maintaining that now that you're in the real world and not in a controlled setting of the Harkness method? I would say it's uh, 50-50. I'm pretty outspoken. I I don't consider myself someone who just talks to talk, but I also don't hold back. Like I'm brutally honest and I don't hold back when I have something to say. So I think I'm pretty good at like, putting the filter on and knowing like the timing, but there are just the times where you're feeling so amped up about something that like you just can't help yourself in the moment. It's almost like in those times you like you black out, right? Like you get on stage and you perform and you black out because the adrenaline and it's just like, I couldn't help myself. I, I couldn't help but say it. So I'm, I try to work on it and sometimes that's me being authentic, right? If it just comes through. Well, because you, I mean, you said speak from the heart. And you said if it's going to get you in trouble, maybe walk away. Like, maybe it's still the right thing to say. Another one of those things that is commonly said that has interpretations across a spectrum is being brutally honest. What does that mean to you to be brutally honest? I think it just, it means you 
you say what you think and sometimes you don't sugarcoat it. So you might not say you look really ugly in that shirt, but you might say, I don't really like that shirt on you. I think the second is being brutally honest. And I think the first is being unnecessary or being mean. Being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, because, and I think both of those, some might think the the former is brutally honest. Like to say, you look really ugly in that shirt. Hey, I'm just, I'm just brutally honest. When, and I like the way you say, I think you nailed it. And this is the thing that I don't think we talk about enough when people say it is, I'm not being, like, we take brutally honest almost as if it's truth, but it's just what's true to me. Like, that's just how I feel. So I'm, I'm expressing, I do not like that shirt. If you ask me, I'm, I'm the same way. If you ask me, I'm just going to tell you, I don't like it because I don't want to lie to you. And I, I get if you makes you feel better, I'll, I'll try to be delicate about it. But that's not my favorite. It's not my favorite shirt. Like, See, but I think the way that Sydney, like the second one you said, like, I don't like that shirt on you. I don't like that for you. I don't like that color, whatever. Like, or I don't like it, Keith. I think that's a statement of a f- fact. I'm air quoting fact, like for. It's my fact. For right. your, yes. It's, air, it's sharing a fact versus you look ugly in that shirt, that's adding adjectives and, and adding like a negative, like adding a judgment to it that isn't necessary. So then that, that, I think that takes it from just being sharing your truth or being honest or brutally honest, if we want to use that word, to being just a dick. So you don't need that. It doesn't add anything to it. Yeah, and that's not necessarily true. But a lot of people will say... I'm brutally honest and what I say is thus true. So if I say you look ugly in that shirt, that's the truth. You got to know it. It's like, yeah, well, that's your opinion, right? Yeah. No, I'm not here to be a, a yes man, right? Like <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I think and right. it might be good and it, you might not like it. Hey, but you're born and raised in New York. It's it's <laughs> part of the culture that it's in you my blood too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so Thank you for indulging the conversation. We'll move on from talking about conversation tips, unless there's anything else either of you have to say. I think we nailed it. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I'm curious in this Harkness method, but I'm going to look it up later. That's cool. Yeah. Thumbs oh, it's, Thumbs I always say it was amazing, first of all, but I think if the whole world taught Harkness method, we'd be like a teeny bit more peaceful of a world. You also like, you learn to think about everything just in a more in-depth way. And when I went to college, I found it was just such a sh- like difference in sitting in the classroom because you really do start to think differently, even in conversations with your friends and all that. It's, it's amazing. So I recommend you look it up. It's very much, it reminds me a lot of a conversation we had with Joanna when she didn't journey. And she's like, like facts are facts. Like we all have facts, but an attorney's job is to convince you of their interpretation of those facts and what the conclusion is and what it means. And that's just the case with everybody. Like we argue these things, like we're arguing truth. It's like, well, those are the facts and that's how you interpret them. I get it. Like masks, there are a lot of facts about masks on both ends of the spectrum that you could parse through all day long. 
and I choose to say, okay, well, I look at these facts and this is the conclusion I draw. You look at these facts and that's the conclusion you draw. Are you wrong? Like, are you a bad person for it? Like, we're arguing the wrong thing. And we, to your point about everybody learning the Harkness method, it's like the, it teaches you to have a conversation and not just sit here and debate whose facts are more right than the other. Exactly. Yeah. So mm. I love it. I think it's brilliant. As a transition, you, you brought up peace and Harkness kind of, it, it would, the world would be a more peaceful place. There's an answer you gave earlier. You're something you're interested in right now. Yeah. Thinking about what is, what does peace mean to you? I think peace is, it's getting along pieces, being able to not all believe the same thing and be okay with that. God, it's so deep. <laughs> so we do here at the more in common. Yeah, shallow end at more in common. <laughs> yeah, I think just being able to believe in, in other, I might not believe in what you believe in, but we can just, we can come together. It's not something that tears us apart. It's just, it just is what it is. And I think peace is just less fighting. There's so much fighting going on and it's exhausting. So I've been thinking about this for about a week because of a conversation that we moderated. There are, I mean, there's a fair amount of people. I'm not going to say it's a gross majority or anything like that, but you know, a million people is a lot of people, even if it's less than 1% of our population. A lot of people who hate other people, right? I mean, you got hate groups and all that stuff. Like, where is the line for both of you in finding space to accept other people's opinions? But I think it the line is when it comes to people's well-beings. Like, we don't why are we killing people who are Jewish? or trying to harm them, or people who are Muslim, people who are any person of color. Like that's, I think when you're, you're moving past, or I guess you're making your belief, you're taking action, but that's kind of where the line is for me. Mm. What about you, Rod? Well, I think I take this on like two different axes, like uh, from, from just an opinion standpoint, I can accept anybody's opinion because it has nothing to do with me. It's just, it's just, it is. Then from a, like what, how I feel socially, like what's good for my neighborhood or my, my children at school or work or what law should be passed, this, that, and the other. I think it comes down to, I, I would agree with you, Sydney. I think it's about who's harmed. And when we step into harming others, especially intentionally or even not intentionally, like step into harming others. That's where I would start drawing lines. And then it gets real complex real fast when it's like, well, it's harming this group and this group, but it's harming them less and it's doing more good than bad. And it's like, okay, well, how do we consider that? But I think on the most basic level, those are the two ways I look at it. I, I've been thinking a lot about it in the frame of the work that we do, helping people create space for differing points of view. And one of the most common things that I hear, and this is mostly from people on the left, because if you're on the left side of the spectrum, 
versus people on the right side of the spectrum who probably spend more time with uh, just hear me, just listen to me, and I don't care about you. But on the left, you hear a lot of that, well, if you have a Trump sign attitude, right, you're a bad person. And, and, and it's like, okay, so dig into that. And that line is so far before violence or infringing on another person. Now, the argument can be made, well, by supporting someone who does want to create rules or laws that infringe upon me, therefore you are harming me, but that person may not see it that way. And then you're missing an opportunity to make that connection. Um, because I too, I, I'm, I'm happy to have a conversation with anybody who has an opinion about anything. And as soon as you say, I think black people should be put in the fields, then we don't, we don't really have them. I don't accept your opinion anymore. I don't accept that, but I, we can, we can really dig into the psychology of the trauma that you've experienced that makes you actually hate that many people. And then we can get on the couch and talk about it. But yeah, it's a, it's interesting to think about in today's society where we are so divided. I think sometimes something that is not a fact can we make it a fact and then your opinion is on something that's a fact using air quotes but it's it's really it's just another opinion right so oh if someone says italian food is bad like that's your opinion that's very a basic example of it subjective um, af yeah so i think that i mean that's a huge i think thing in this country is we've built this there are so many things that people believe that I, this is my opinion on this fact when in reality, when it is, is it really a fact, you know, from the start? And we, we generally have, I heard an astrophysicist explain this beautifully, so I'll try to repeat it. <laughs> She's like, when we don't know a lot about a thing, we overemphasize our authority on that thing. But when we know a lot about a thing, we have the tendency to feel imposter syndrome. As if, who am I to know this much about this thing? Doesn't everybody else know this much too? And I think we're in that space of there are, there's so much information out there now. And most of us don't know anything about all the things that we talk about. We know like a couple of things and then we're experts. Masks, I'm going to bring it up again, is another good example. There's some data out there that supports masks not being effective. And then it's like you read this one article that's 25 pages long and all of a sudden you're an expert and you use it and you cite it and you source it. But then you forget to even look at all of the other data that is there because you're just, you know, creating confirmation bias. I don't have time yeah. for that, man. I just need the one that supports what I think. And then I'm going to use <laughs> it to be like the sole source of the truth in my universe. So our opinions become facts based on one or two facts. And it's... Exactly. I want to pivot unless you have something anyway. else to add to this, Sydney. Yeah, I think. Sydney. Pivot away. So Keith just brought up an interesting point. Like we overemphasize what we don't know and we underemphasize what we know. So I want to talk about the other thing that you're interested in, music. Well, something that Keith and I have figured out is that like the thing that we're really, really good at doing, it's taken us the longest time to figure out that we were good at it. And like that's the thing that we can bring to the world uniquely and potentially help and this, that, and the other. You're really, really good at music. Writing music, especially. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Take a breath. Pause in this amazing conversation with Sydney. And um, we'll come back to you in a little bit with part two. But for now, leave us a like, give us a comment, share us. Just a reminder, let's spread some goodness and some positive energy to other people because we could all use it. And uh, until part two, we'll be back with you.